Hey guys, welcome to Bang Broadcast, episode number 551. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that I'm looking forward to. And I was going to say, just Paul John, looking forward to. John's the only one that can pick a book. Uh, February 7th. Uh, 2024. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. Uh, and this week we're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books that we read in January of 2024 with our monthly look back for January 2024. Yeah. This hey. is the first month of the year, guys. First we'll month of the year. Hopefully first, comic books. Uh, this, no, it's not the first podcast of the year. We've done like two. <laughs> we took a week off. Paul was down here on vacation. So, hey. Yeah. We're, we're back into the swing of things. Very nice. And I'm back to drinking beer, guys. Yay! Yeah. Vacation Paul's coming out. Yeah. I'm drinking from Jack Abbey's Craft Loggers. And this is an oldie but a goodie. A honey this and a was... ham? Whatever No, this called. is a Bella Lago, uh, Italian-style Pilsner. And uh, this is an oldie but a goodie because uh, I think this is past uh, the local grocery store that I go to. Uh, will often put out uh, $5 four-packs. For beer that is past date, and this how is one we bought those... the pizza beer years ago. <laughs> and this is one of those. Uh, both the beers that I'm drinking are th- this uh, style of five dollar pickups, five dollar four packs. So you got the the stone is the other one you could buy. No. Oh, okay. Well, don't spoil it, John. I'll talk about that later. It's <clears> also <throat> a pilsner. This is a. Uh, what's funny about this is Jack Abbey is known for making lagers, so. It's a log, uh, is a pilsner a lager? Yes. A pilsner, uh, yes. There's a whole, like, mm-hmm. uh, every, every, it, every pilsner is a lager, but not every lager is a pilsner, one of those mm-hmm. kind of things. Mm-hmm. Rhombuses and squares, squares rectangles. Yeah, parallelogram, parallelogram, <clears throat> whatever. Yeah. And this is a decent, this isn't uh, like any other pilsner I've had. Because it's not that, you know, bright, almost it's not metallic. bright and ready. Yeah, this is uh, this is more, you know, a little bit more malty than uh, what I was expecting. It's decent. I like it. Would I go out and buy it again? If it's for five bucks for a four pack, yeah. But not. It's it's not gonna be like something I'm like, oh yeah, I I, I want that again because it's a pilsner. It's it's nothing. That's big. It's not a big flavor bomb. It does have more flavor than your cores or your Labatt Blues or your Molsons, but it's good, but not wowing. Yeah, uh, this beer is probably a little long in the tooth, um, but it's going to be a lot more. It's like an Italian Pilsner has been dry hopped, basically. Mm. Um, And. Italian Pilsners aren't my favorite style of Pilsner, but I do love a good Pilsner. When it it comes to Italian Pilsners, he likes to give them the boot. Ooh. Uh, (laughs) Country's shaped like a boot. Uh, But, yeah, I I do enjoy Pilsners. I give. Oh, the shape of Italy. Yeah. Oh, if I was looking at it, it's a boot. The boot. Give them the boot. I thought I was thinking. I was thinking. No, that's Canada. They're a boot. They're all a boot. Also German because das boot. Das. 
Uh, but Chris, hey. what are you drinking? <laughs> um, I was going to say, do we let John try to get back on track? And he answered himself by saying no. Um, I'm actually drinking four beers tonight. And this is something that I floated past Paul, actually, when he was down here on vacation, because one of the stops that we made was to Aldi. So him and his wife, Kate, could get their uh, mm-hmm. supplies for the trip. And as we were walking around, I was like, one of these days, I'm just going to grab all the Aldi's beers. Just to try those yeah uh and that's what i did so just to put it out there like just to start off like managing expectations i bought four packs so three six packs and then one four pack and then i also bought a bag of barbecue potato chips and a bag of pretzel crisps because i have some hummus and i was like i need something to dip in my hummus didn't even think about that when I went grocery shopping. Uh, my total bill came to thirty dollars. Nice. So these packs were seven ninety nine each. Uh, so you know, managing expectations. Uh, I'm starting off with the White Tide, and this is a Belgian style wheat ale with orange peel and coriander. So this is going to be kind of like your Blue Moon. And read the side of the bottle and says this is brewed and bottled by Rockwall Brewing Company. And I said, oh out of rochester new york i wonder if and as soon as i started typing it in it popped up in google like rockwall brewing <laughs> subsidiary of genesee brewing so i was like okay that makes sense because you know they're located in uh rochester new york and first sip of this i thought it was a little bit skunky and i was like oh well let me check and see like a bottle by date and i'm not seeing one on here but then after i got a little bit more into it i, I kind of maybe became a little bit more acclimated to it and I, it's not bad. Like, it's not as good as a Blue Moon. It's mm-hmm. missing a little bit of, like, that orange sweetness. This has, like, an orange zest to it, where it's just, like, that kind of, oh, I bit into the orange. I forgot to peel it. Um, it's not great, but it's not terrible. Like, would I have rather had another Belgian wit? Yes. But... For $7.99 for six-pack, it's okay. And I know I said for my new beer's resolution, I'm getting away from, like, the fridge fillers and, like, just having stuff to drink. But, I don't know, I have one. I gave one to Yanni. I'm fine with having four more sitting in the fridge for, like, if I get home from work. And it's like, oh, I need something to drink that's not tea, coffee, water, or V8. Mm-hmm. Uh, this This would be okay. You get home after working out in your car and having your car t- towed anyways. You want a beer. You, sometimes you, you might want, want a beer. beer. Sometimes you just might want a beer. Like, and that's fine. Like, but just getting home and having a beer because it's like I got home and I have a beer. Like, have it trying to break. And, John, you've you become a cocktail boy. John, I, uh, thought you yeah. were, I thought you were drinking an Italian Pilsner as well because you're so uh, you're so into them right now. I uh, Yeah. Uh, I love chartreuse something that paul and chris know but you dear listener may not know uh one of my favorite alcoholic beverages um a person on a reel that i i follow made a cocktail with chartreuse um who also informed me that there is a high demand on chartreuse and low quantities of chartreuse so now it's being allocated and i went oh boy what am i gonna do and then I went and saw that I have two bottles in my cupboard, and I was like, hmm. two bottles. Do you have a green and a yellow, or are they both? Both green. 
I also have that specialty bottle that you guys bought me of the uh, cask, mm. like the cask version of it. And then how I text old? my. How long ago was that? Uh, I think Chris still lived in. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you're still, looking at at least nine years. <laughs> I still have. I still have it. Still drinks well. Um, and then I text <clears> my dad and be like, "Hey, did I leave a bottle of chartreuse there?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, it's in the thing." So I have. I have three bottles. I'm not. I'm not worried. This guy over here stockpiling the chartreuse. Um, he's gonna ride out this uh, this uh supply chain issue with no problems no problems uh but the cocktail is uh, people are like when it comes down to it like people are like grabbing you know milk bread toilet paper john's like chartreuse i need the herbs a hundred what is 130 herbs and spices and chartreuse uh so good they named a color after it um but one of my favorite drinks the cocktail equal parts uh chartreuse Campari, lime juice, um, and that's all one ounce, and then uh, three quarters ounce simple syrup, and then they say three drops of salt Salmon. water. And as I was like, well, what could that do? I'm not gonna bother doing yeah. that. Uh, but this drink is quite delicious. Um, has oh, now just a, imagine how good it would be with the. It, it helps brighten up the lime. If I, you know what? I thought I've, about just having my wife kick me in the nuts and putting three teardrops in there, but <laughs> I, I didn't want to do it. Well, that, see, so, that would have made it better because you know you made it yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> the saline solution was inside of you the whole time. <laughs> uh, uh, I I don't want to create a panic. My total line is out of chartreuse at this time. Uh, but I, I made a second one. It's a little watered down because it's been... Uh, He's oh, also playing Yahtzee. For, the, for those of you listening, uh, that side you heard Josh, like involved in a Yahtzee tournament on the side. Hey, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> rated uh, 162 in the world. So I'm, now he's my just opening peeing. My store does have Izara Verde liqueur, which is a uh, from France. It's a magical blend of herbs, plant acacia honey and aromagnet uh, that has a sweet, soft, complex flavor pro- profile. Honey sourced from a local beekeeper uh, makes a most unique alternative to green chartreuse. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I've, I fell down a rabbit hole. There's there's lots of different things that people recommend that are comparable to I would probably just get Jaeger. Like honestly, like if I'm looking for that like herbal profile with like a sweetness, like Jaeger's cheap. It's also readily available. Uh yeah, there's another one from Germany that's quote unquote closer to like chartreuse, but uh I'm okay right now. And if I ever come across the bottle, I probably will pick it up. Unless it's like they used to be a nice like fifty dollars for a bottle. Like sixty and, to seventy at my store, it said. Yeah, so it's like it's up twenty dollars, but I don't know if that's because of chartreuse panic. So, dear listener, stay tuned. We'll keep you updated. And keep us chartreuse posted. Chartreuse watch twenty twenty four. Keep us posted on on where you are and if you can find it. Yeah. Because John will go there and buy up all of it. I love it. Just run. He's green with envy. All these people with their chartreuse available in stores. And if you can't get the chartreuse, you know, just grab yourself a bone. Because, you know, if you have a bone, put that in water. Boy, you got to get yourself a stew going. 
Something like that. Um, Weekend Geek, yes, Paul, it is something like that. Um, starting us off in the news with uh, some sad news. Uh, actor Carl Weathers has passed away at the age of 76. I did not see Cause of Death listed, or I don't know if anything has come out since this was announced. Uh, the only thing I saw about this was people sharing some of their favorite Carl Weathers like moments from movies, TV shows. I mean, obviously, Predator, Over the Top. Mandalorian, uh, Happy Gilmore. He's done so much great stuff. And then, as Paul referenced, Arrested Development as like a parody of himself. And basically, everything that he said was like things that he wanted to say in Arrested Development. Like, he basically wrote, he was given like the free reign to write that character how he wanted. And he was like, I'm just, just going to be like this shystery, like washed up actor that's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did, uh, did you pay for the. the the premier course oh well that's gonna be an extra twenty dollars like that's the guy he wanted to be yeah they because they called him up and he was like you just you're not gonna just want to do a rocky thing right and they're like uh no No. scratch 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 (laughs) and they're like well what would you if you were to do this what would you want to do and he was like yeah i think it'd be funny if he's like i'm i'm super cheap and this and they're like oh we can do that like we can write great dialogue for you and like chris he came up with that um, I saw another person who worked on um, Mandalorian with him. So it was season one, and he was one of the people who were working on, like, um, costuming and stuff. Mm. You know, so we helped, like, get the suits on and make sure everything looked good. And they're at he was at craft service, and they had, like like, ice cream and cookies and stuff. And he was like, oh. You know what I'm going to do? And he took a cookie, and he put the scoop of ice cream <laughs> on it, and he put the other cookie on it, and then he hears from behind him, like, ho, ho, ice cream sandwich. Yes. And then he turns around, Carl Weathers, and he's like, oh, this is like the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> and he's like, I walked on cloud nine for like the rest of the show, because I'd walk by and he'd give me a little point, like, I know, ice cream sandwich guy. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, just telling that story. Like, mm-hmm. all three of us have the smiles on our face because you can just see it in that and mm-hmm. yeah. who and who he was. Yeah. Uh, as much as I wish there had been more Mandalorian because it's been, I think, like two years now since we had the the finale, and like it was announced that the movie will be going into production soon. I like that they kind of ended that final, you know, season kind of on a happy note where mm-hmm. now they can kind of move on and I'm sure there will be some sort of nod to Reef Karga in it, but they might even just be like, you know, oh no, he he did what he sought out to do. He created like a free a free planet. Mm-hmm. Everyone's living in prosperity, like statue of him at Town Square. Like we, we can move on beyond him. Not like, you know, I don't need to see uh Navarro laid siege upon Again, because like no, mm-hmm. like let's let's have him have his his happy ending. Yeah, he's got a droid. The it uh, the i ig eighty eight droid mm-hmm. there to protect the town. You know, yeah. Uh, what other news do you guys have? Uh, the only other thing that we kind of agreed on discussing just uh real quick because again we haven't reported in like two weeks now, so we're trying to play it lean and clean because we had some you know. <clears throat> friend talk at the beginning 
Uh, it was announced that Millie Alcock has been cast as Kara Zor-El, Supergirl, in the new DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, one question. Who they? Uh, Who they? I she was the know. lead in House of the Dragon, the, um, the prequel uh, Game of Thrones show. Is that show over? I think it's still going on. It's still going on, but she played the younger version of a character that's now adult in the show. Uh, um, and she was like, I only watched the first couple episodes because then when they did the time jump, I was kind of like, I like these characters. Like, I don't want to have to like other characters or learn, learn who's who. Like, just pure laziness on my part. This old man is like, I don't want to get to know new characters. I don't want to do this. Um, but she was, she was really good. She had some nice gravitas. Like, I don't necessarily, because it's based off of the um, Tom King Supergirl. Oh, one of your guys. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Woman of Tomorrow, yeah. Um. It's based off of that. And when I look at her and, you know, I think of that character that she played, I think of her more as the companion um, than I do Supergirl. Even though she has the gravitas? Yeah, but she's also like real, like she's very young. And I just see that in reading that book, I saw Supergirl is a little bit older. But well, she just turned 21. It was her 21st birthday, and she wanted to get drunk for the first time. All right. So throwing but this out there. because you know, a little bit even older than that? No, but I don't see this. Like, I, when I look at this actress, I, I think of her as, like, 15 years old. Okay. She sense. might be older. She just looks really young. But that's – I would think that's how Supergirl would look. She would look young for her age because, you know, Kryptonian, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like she got, she was put into like stasis almost on the trip to Earth. So mm-hmm. she didn't age while Kal-El did. Um, I was going to ask you guys, based off of that, you turn 21 in the DC Universe. Which character do you want to have take you drinking? Oh, Queen. Wow, okay. Yeah, he probably has expensive taste. Probably he's like, you get into he's like good bars. try this chartreuse. Yeah, $70 a like me. <laughs> <clears throat> Paul. Paul, Paul's uh, going to pick like Jay Garrick. Is yeah. he going to go to like a stuffy like. No, probably like Alan Scott, though. Oh. Okay. You know, he's a man of about town. He yeah. knows where all the ha- ha- happening joints were. All the all the gin joints are. <laughs> I think having like a, a beer Wild with Cat, Wildcat would, would be good. Yeah. Wildcat. Yeah, but Wildcat would also start a bar fight and be like, no, no, kid, you got this. But you're the one that started the fight there, Ted. Yeah, it's fine. I got to see what I'm working with. I don't want to be a fighter. I don't (laughs) want to be a fighter. But if I'm with Alan Scott, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. Nice. How about you, Chris? Uh, I I think it'd just be fun. Bar hopping with uh, Dick Grayson. He's going to know, like, the fun hole in the walls. Like, he's going to meet up with his carny friends that happen to be in town. They're going to show you a good time. He's he's going to have one drink. He's a designated driver. You'll be fine. That's he's drinking ginger ale at all the other spots. He's he's partying hard. I, I, I feel like he's the one that's taking want to be out on the dance floor. 
and he's way too coordinated. So, you know, I'd be there with my, you know, classic step to the side, step back, step to the other side, step back, and shimmy the hips once. Yep. Step again. Exactly. Uh, he's taking, he's, he's out there to just a, dancing, and that's like he's taking you to a cool like, karaoke bar that he heard about, like from Oracle. Like he's he's taking you to the good places. But yeah, that's it for the news, everybody. Hey. That's why I was like, hey, you know, fun fun discussion question. Why not? Uh, anyone have anything else they want to jump jump into for uh, beverages? Or is it still right. a little I early? Two beers, so no, I'm, I'm going to hold off. I'm drinking cocktails all night, so same cocktail. Gotcha. Uh, I'm gonna go in here then with my next beer, and this one also is from Rockwall Brewing Company, and this is the Independence Harbor Amber Ale. And this is an ale with honey added, and it says, "Forget the tea, drink the ale." And this is actually like a pretty decent amber ale. Like again, $7.99 for a six pack. It does have a nice honey sweetness to it. I think this is this is really good. Can I see it? It's got like a oh like a boat. I, I, I There's a guy like in a crow's that. nest. I haven't. Ooh. It's got a nice amber honey I was color. Thinking, I was thinking it might just be honey brown from uh, Dundee, part of Tennessee. I don't. I have not had a honey brown in forever, but I, th- I remember I think honey buying, brown is a little bit better. But I remember okay, it's buying a round of honey browns for Paul on his twenty-first birthday. Honey, honey brown, brown was good. Honey brown lager was good. I, I'm actually. Very pleasantly surprised by this one. Like this is solid for seven ninety nine. Like I'm not seeing like an ABV on it. I'm sure it's very low. Yeah, forget the forget the tea, drink the L. Like no, this is great. Like I'm, it's not great. I'm gonna rewind. Seven ninety nine at Aldi's. This mm-hmm. is surprisingly decent for that price point. For a bargain grocery chain. Uh, yeah, I I saw these. They, we have those up here. And my biggest thing is I took a snap, a picture of all the where it was brewed and everything to mm-hmm. to find out where they all were fa- found from. So like some of the German ones are brewed in Germany. Like they are okay. subsidiaries. of. I did not get any of those. <laughs> yeah. Because I think there was one like Velton's or something like that, and I believe it's like like a Carlsberg it, subsidiary. It looks like a, one of those. It looks uh, kind of like a Carlsberg Heineken type beer. So I was like, I'm gonna stay away from like pilsners and lagers because I have the amber, I have the Belgian wheat ale. Um, spoilers: I also have like an IPA, and they had two different ones, so I just grabbed one, and then uh, the peanut butter porter because I was like, that'll be interesting to end on um yeah uh, they also have like a mexican style lager which even like a good version of that isn't a beer that i enjoy so i was like yeah. uh, may- maybe if i do round two of this next week i pick it up because again yeah, 7.99 at least it's not like a huge investment yeah but john what comic book are you investing in when you go to the comic book shop this week for the list uh, from Image Comics, I am going to be picking up the one hand uh, n- number one. And this is a uh, detective story, a neo-noir story. Um, 
a detective is about to retire, uh, but his last case is a brutal murder with all the bearings of the one-hand killer. Uh, but this could be impossible because the one-hand killer is in jail, and he knows this because he's had to put him away. Tw- he's put him away twice, um, and it's going to be a cat and mouse game between this detective and uh, whoever this killer is. And um, it sounds pretty good. I love a great detective story. Uh, this is written by Ram V and art by Lawrence Campbell. And uh, I'm hoping it's uh, I hope it's pretty good. Interesting. I this is definitely more in your style of books than mine. Like the closest thing to something like this that I've been keeping up on is uh, no one from the, the massive universe. And even then, like I've bought like the last four issues, but I still haven't read them because I've been bad at reading comic books like the past couple months. Like I buy them and then I try to prioritize the stuff that we're reading for the show. And then it's like, okay, now I'm going to read my DC stuff. Cause those are the characters that I have been following for like my entire life. And then I've been going to the Energon universe stuff. And then everything else has been like the massive first stuff. And it's like that I, can just sit down and read in an afternoon when I'm off tomorrow, maybe I'll see. Ooh. Uh, I, I, and I heard you got plenty of beers in the fridge. I do. And it's very I, comfortable outside. So I could possibly read on the porch. Like I want to do. I read Duke number two before the books for the look back. Nice. That that's sitting. Cause we went to the comic book store the other day. It's sitting in the bag. So gotta check that out. Paul. Guys, there's a new Star Wars number one coming out, so you know I have to pick it up. And that's Star Wars Mace Windu. And this is a uh, story that takes place before the rise of the Separatists and the Clone Wars. Uh, Mace Windu has to hunt down a, um, it seems like a a pirate that he's hiding, uh, uh, hunting down, but also like some sort of weird technology that he has to keep under wraps for the balance, sake of the balance of the galaxy. Uh, being written by Mark Baradin and pencils by George uh, George Jorge uh, Genti. Hmm. So it's going to be a good looking book. And yeah. I don't know the Mark Baradin, uh what else he's yeah. written. So uh, he's an American journalist, public speaker, TV and comic book writer and podcaster. Mm. Oh, and he was also an intern on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <clears throat> Which I think is probably the most Paul of the Star Trek shows. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah, but you know what? We've, Paul we've would talked be about like... Star Wars briefly, but I feel like if I had to like assign a Star Star Trek to Paul, it would be Deep Space Nine. What was Just, the yeah. other site? It wasn't a Star Trek, but it was that other sci-fi show? It's Farscape. No, not Farscape. Lex. Farscape. No, not Lex. Battlestar Galactica. I did like no. Battlestar Galactica as well. Stargate. Not Stargate. WMAC Monsters. I, I, Earth I'm running two. out of stuff. I did like Earth 2, the one season of that. Oh, what's the one with the lizard people? V. Wasn't V. V for visitors. Um, uh, Babylon 5. 5. Babylon that, 5. I was trying to think of it because I was. that's the J. Michael Straczynski one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Because I, like, I would be like, I like Deep Space Nine, but it's no Battlestar or uh, Babylon Five. Well, because it, because Star Trek was like, ooh, Babylon Five is getting some, getting some heat going. So they're like, we're going to come out with our Babylon Five, and that was Deep Space Nine. And then someone was like, man, all these uh, space shows are making money. What if we made that one that was just rude, and then they came out with Plex? Yep. Which wasn't great, but kind of enjoyable. So both shows came out in 1993. Oh. So it was like one of those weird uh, deep you. impact uh, Armageddon kind of moments. And and Deep Space started January 3rd, 1993. Ah. Yeah, 1993. What a time to be alive. We were. I don't remember mm-hmm. it, though. I was not a Deep Space Nine fan, I can tell you that. I did not watch Deep Space Nine. Uh, no, I saw some Deep Space Nine, but it wasn't. Babylon like... 5, February 22nd, 1993. So Deep Space Nine is before. Okay. Okay. I didn't mind uh, Deep Space. It wasn't my favorite. There were a couple I, episodes I liked. I mostly got into it because I, we were a Star Trek Next Generation household, and that was like the, the next thing, so... I was like, oh, of course, like we'll watch this. I just, it didn't grab me enough. I liked a lot of the characters, but I can't Miles tell you Brian. anything about any of the. Pop- I mean, Warf yeah, was but that's there. that carryover from Next Generation. But uh, Dax, Doctor Bashir, um, Cisco uh, was, was a great captain. Uh, yes, like Cisco, it just reminded me too much of. Um, oh my gosh, because he, he had also- a son with him, which reminded me of like Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Like, mm. it, that's a weird comparison to make. But when you're, like, nine, ten years yeah. old, you're like, oh, like, they they have a kid. I was like, I like Wesley better. Like, that's just the thing. Yeah. But Cisco, like, I, you, you believe, like, that that captain kicked ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had a baseball. I always thought it was kind of cool. I'm like, do they play baseball still? Like, that's the sport that's In a high deck they could, but, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Besides, like, 5D chess, I don't know of any other big games from the Star Trek universe. I'm sure there's some sort of racquetball kind of thing that somebody played at one point. But, John, it looks like you're looking at your book right now. You already no? talked about it. You, oh. you, we started off with him, and then he went, oh, throw, throw it to me. me. Throw it to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Chris, <laughs> it was a very John book. That's right. I, I, I'm ready for the dramatic reading. Is what I, was <laughs> I, I saw you hey, looking at the phone, so I thought you were going to I'm ready to go. It was the, yeah. the one hand, the guy yeah. that causes the one hand death. For him. Yeah, I remember. I remember you talked. Yeah, See, you know, the, the four-finger killer. Good like, get we, we talk on the podcast. We don't listen to the podcast. We don't have to know anything that was said previously. Um, speak about things that we have done previously, though. Growing up, I was a huge fan of this cartoon, and it's coming back. And I've enjoyed previous reiterations of this franchise. Uh, And that's going to be Thundercats, because we have Thundercats number one coming out from Dynamite Entertainment, uh, being written by Declan Shevely and art by Drew Moss. And this seems to be not like a sequel to the original Thundercats, but like a reintroduction, like redo of the origin. And... I feel like I've talked about it on the show before because I know I've talked about it just in general regular life with you guys. 
Thundercats is one of those properties that you loved as a kid, but it does not stand up to that nostalgia because when you try to watch it, it's just not good. I think the new stuff people have created from this universe is better because it's done with that love and care that they had for this property when they were kids, but with that updated, more modern storytelling. So I'm actually really looking forward to this. Uh, All the covers for this book look awesome. This is one that I will probably be buying digitally because I am trying to sparingly buy comic books physically just because I don't want it to become too big of a deal. But it's going to be hard because I I love Thundercats, or at least I love the idea of Thundercats. And these covers are just gorgeous. Um, So it's going to be one of those things like when I go to the comic book shop, like, Seeing it on the shelf, I something might just jump into my into my hand, and then like I walk up to the counter with it. And it's like, yep, I'm, I'm buying Thundercats now. Good luck with that because that's going to be tough. This I I open this to to have as one of my books too, and I said, mm-hmm. oh, Chris is going to buy this. I. Because, you know, I do the uh, planning for all the episodes like a couple months out. I think I actually have this as my monthly. Oh, no. February 2024. I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Last Ronin 2 Re-Evolution number one. You know, another 80s, 90s property that's coming back. So yep. that'll be my pick for this look back. But this this was a strong contender for it, I think. Yeah. I just feel like DC not too long ago under Wildstorm. Well. Okay, yeah. never mind. It's been <laughs> that 15 was like years. 15 years ago. Paul. And I'm like, I tried to get into the, those comics and they were okay, but they weren't. And then I, we just recently talked about it when we were down there, like trying to go back and watch it when it was part of Toonami and it was just awful. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, hopefully it's good. Hopefully they can streamline it, make Lionel kind of get up to speed quicker than the cartoon series did because I remember being just annoyed with him. Well, you know what? I didn't realize till it was later in the, like later in life when I think like Mm -hmm. there was a comic book series that came out that I was like, like it was one of those like, wait, so Lionel's like a boy in a man's body. Yeah. His uh, space pod broker was deactive. So like he aged while everyone else didn't. But he still was ripped. Still ripped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't Don't question it. Don't question it. Um, But, yeah, that was one of those things I never realized when I watched the cartoon as a kid Mm -hmm. that that had happened. Yeah, he's apparently the same age as, like, Kit and Cat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Again, it's a property I love. It just it never holds up upon revisiting. But I'm glad this is coming out. I'm hoping I'm going to enjoy it because... Again, like there's so many great characters in Thundercats, and like, I had that's, that's enough. I had all like the toys. Like I even had the Mumra that you had to take the the proof of purchase from the other boxes and mail them in with five dollars mm-hmm. to get like the Mumra as the mummy. Because yeah, the only one you could buy was like the big ripped. Yeah, the big the Mumra the everlasting, and yeah, you you could mail it away. So I had. I had the mailed away mummy version, which was cool. All right. 
side, side question again. This is my thing for this episode. Favorite Thundercat? Paul, go. Anthra. And and I, all, he was cool. He did I, They blasted I, like fire oh, and ice, too. Uh-huh. And he also was the one that was allowed to drive. So <laughs> he, built, he, he built and fixed everything. Yeah, he built yeah. the, like the Thunder tank. I always thought, what was it, Tigra? Tigra, was super yeah. cool. Because he was my like, favorite too. Uh, I'm just going to go live out in the woods. Fuck y'all. <laughs> and then he'd show up and then he'd like take his whip out and He's whip like, people. Whoosh. And then he'd. Invisible? And spin it around him and turn invisible like come on the dude's badass yeah he's so dope and his toy uh, he had the whip with a arm you'd press the button in the back and his arm would just go up and whip it and you'd be like if you stood too close you'd be like ah it got me yeah uh, uh there's no wrong answers here like they're all really cool like even if like i'm surprised paul didn't say like jaga because even then i would like hell yeah like an obi-wan kenobi like <laughs> ghost uh Thundercat, hell yeah. Anyone could have said like Linkso, the like the old man blind one. Like he's badass yeah, he too. Like the, he came with the 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 white the white tiger. Oh crap! Yeah, what was that dude's name? Can't think of his name. And it was yeah. another female. I can't remember. Uh, Pumara. There. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm getting more excited for this book. That's when the zoo. Guys, I'm buying the, the, the zoo. Fuck you. Caretakers were they villains? The space suit people, and I'm like, what is this show right now? It Even as a kid, I'm like, toys, Paul. What is the show? All I need to do. And yeah. I'm I'm sad because this past. What about Silverhawks? Was... How come Silverhawks Silver is cool? Big? So I like oh, Silverhawks, not as much as Thundercats. The only one no I remember was memory. like, like the little gold kid, and then there was like the Copper. taller silver one with like the cowboy hat, played like a space uh, guitar. But it was bluegrass, and he was like a bluey. He was a blue because I mm. had him. Cowboy hat. I had mohawk too. When he took the cowboy off he hat, he had a mohawk, oh. and he wore a bandana. I had one figure. I don't even remember who it was because <laughs> it was never my thing. But like they all had like the same action. Like you would squeeze the legs, like their arms would just like pop out, and they had like the wings underneath it, and that plastic was super brittle and it broke because it was the same material that the super friends brainiac was made out of and i broke that toy literally like the day that i got it and was like heartbroken about it i was like oh i broke brainiac and as a kid i'm surprised i even know who brainiac was at that point Mm -hmm. uh i will say this uh bluegrass was the pilot of their ship so he didn't have the hawk part He, he had a guitar that would shoot out of his back and turn into a hawk. Dope. It was pretty dope. <laughs> you know what else is dope? A German. And now the Bagman Broadcast proudly present a dramatic reading from Cobra Commander. Number one, page 22, panel four. I prefer to let others do the fighting for me. And that was a dramatic reading from Cobra Commander number one. I like that you guys keep giving me G.I. Joe ones to do. Well, because during the look back, we're going to be talking about this book, so... No, I know. Hey, I just I just found the panel. I I have a physical copy of this book, so I was trying to flip through so I could actually read it. It's right there. I got it. I'll have to listen to that after it gets posted over on our Instagram. So make sure you're following us there. Banking board, because I'm trying to be better about actually posting those so you can actually see it and hear it. 
I'm trying people, to be better at people doing watch them. Like they get views, which is weird. Algorithms. I don't get it. Algorithms. Autoplays, you know. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. So what order do we want to go through our main topicing, guys? I don't know, but I'm hoping someone else starts. Okay. Because I do want to get up and grab my next beer. But if we do want to go into Cobra Commander because we just read that, I would understand. But I will ask. Why don't we do the worst book, which is the John Constantine book? Oh, see, I actually I actually liked that one. I don't feel like there was a bad book. And even if I had to say, like, oh, well, which is the worst? I don't think I could say. I mean, my favorite was Cobra Commander. But I don't think there was, like, a loser from Action Comics or Constantine. Like, I really enjoyed both of those books, but in different ways. I didn't love the Constantine book. Paul? Didn't love the Constantine book either, but I enjoyed that they did the throwback to my first time seeing Constantine, which was in... Okay, see, then that's probably why yeah. I really enjoyed this one. So let, let's start off with Constantine then. Um, Sandman yeah, I, Universe presents. Was this a Sandman Universe? John presents? Constantine, Hellblazer, Dead in America. Boy, was I glad that you put Black, that whole title in there. Black Label. <laughs> <laughs> well, you because the it's, whole thing. it's such a long title. And then when, because I realized like when I searched for Hellblazer, I was like, oh, this brings up like so much mm-hmm. stuff. On Amazon, like, I need to make sure I'm getting the right one. Yeah, that's why I'm glad he included the whole title. John, you, you picked this up. And who's... who's? Uh, this is written by Simon Spearier and art uh, by Aaron Campbell. And this takes place right after whatever the Simon Spearier miniseries was... Uh, or Constantine book was that happened before this. I think it's been a while since the Constantine book has come out. Um, but this is following that in a black label, which is connected to the Sandman universe. In uh, this book, like the start of this book, I really liked. Uh, John Constantine is in St. Augustine, Florida uh, at the Fountain of Youth. And he's used that to bring in a care like a a demon into a statue of like Cortez where he is trying to get information. And then this weird little Girl Scout girl comes in. I like that whole interaction before we like keep moving ahead. Cause I like him being like the the statue being like, Oh, can I get a cigarette? And it's like, you're just like an evil entity, like possessing an inanimate object like no and then uh the devil or demon or was like who are you then uh and he's like all right here you go um but constantine is on the run with his mute son uh who's yeah i probably didn't know about because he's a teenager to early 20s uh and then a, a woman um, who I think is kind of like the Chaz kind of character. Uh, but they're on the run in America. There was some type of murder that happened in England. They've escaped that. And they're trying to figure out some way to get back there or solve some crime. 
But John's main motive is to figure out uh, how to save himself because he's dead. His heart's not pumping. He's starting to have mold grow on him. And he's trying to figure out how he can save himself. Uh, And in doing so, Dream, or whatever the Dream entity is now, comes down and gives him a mission to find the few grains of sand that fell out of his bag when he was captured because it's let some type of entities out, mainly that little the Girl Scout girl who's some type of dream or entity. And oh, I uh, thought she was another Endless. No. Because no. she, she mentioned kin, and, you know, his kin would be the Endless, but no, she's not an Endless. She's she is not, not no. My bad. Uh, That's okay. Again, you haven't read all of the Sandman, so I don't even think you've seen all of the the Endless. Nope. Yeah. So I I don't fault you for for thinking that. Um, man, that cocktail goes down way too smooth. Uh, very good. Um, well, I, I can tell it because you're starting to uh, fall in those Yahtzee rankings. I'm seeing you uh, <laughs> lose the rating. And then rolled them bones in a while. <laughs> um, that's okay. That's okay, John. You can keep talking. I'll write it down. <laughs> uh, and in the the end part, the person he's been traveling to find and talk to has been Swamp Thing. Um, but Sandman has given him this mission, and it's kind of given him like if you can find these may be able to help you live again um and the book starts with a looks like somebody who's been set on fire on a hill rolling down it going like fuck 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 no they're filming a movie (laughs) uh are they filming a porno porno oh is it porno it's uh, are they shooting a pole and then he starts falling down on the hill oh yeah that makes sense and everybody's naked I didn't even I didn't catch that. Sorry. I, I saw like the like the beach house and like the Hollywood Hills and like I, I it didn't click. Also I read this on my phone, so maybe I just wasn't I read it on my phone. I caught it. You just weren't paying attention. Um but this story is okay. Uh I didn't like the people that he's traveling with. I didn't like how they did some of the panel breaks where they were catching you up on what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a second. They mentioned briefly that the character of his son is is mute, but then he's talking. And then it took me a second to realize that his word bubbles are arrows pointing to his hands. Yeah, that it's him um, signing to John Constantine. And then I was like, where the fuck did John Constantine learn how to sign that he can read these? So it this book is okay. I wouldn't pick up issue two if I heard this had a good conclusion. Maybe I would pick it up in trade, but I'm okay letting this pass me by. And this is I I'm a huge Hellblazer fan. I have you know eight to ten, maybe more than that, uh, Hellblazer trades on my on my shelf, and like some that were like rare hard to find come by like the whole thing that like um 
one of the driving forces for John Constantine is the seance where a little girl gets possessed and killed that he couldn't save that they reference that was like out of print, only printed once in trade. Like I was able to track that down and find it and buy it. And I have a pretty extensive Hellblazer uh, collection. So mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the series, but this just didn't capture me right. I, I will say I'm not a huge Constantine fan anymore. Like I had my dalliances with him. Like when we were reading comics and like I was buying the series and then kind of just fell off of it. Um, so most of the recent Constantine stuff I've read has been the more like in line DC universe stuff when he pops up in something like a crossover, like years ago when you were reading like justice league dark and I like that version of the character, but this did feel kind of like going back home again. And I, right from the get go, like him sitting there talking to the possessed statue at the fountain of youth. And then that other entity coming in and be like, no, let let me catch you up. He's using you. He's just trying to get the information he needs from you. And then he's going to banish you back and walk away. Like nothing's happened. Like, Sorry, he's got you. I got him though. Bye. Like at that point, I was like, "Oh, this is that good kind of old school, like fun." That's not really fun, but like that fun for me, Constantine. And to your point, I don't necessarily like the people that he's traveling with. I like how they handled his son, like signing, because it took me a couple panels to catch on to that. But what really grabbed me is when this turned into a Daniel dream of the endless book where it's like no this this happened 50 years ago you think you're the only person that touched and misused my uh bag of sand like no like and sending him on that quest and then john talking to daniel in like this updated like version of him as dream and being like the other guy like i could deal with you scare me though and I I really like that. And that's probably what would keep me reading this is because it balances on being like a, a Sandman book. And I love me some Sandman. And then at the end, like when you find out he's going to talk to Swamp Thing, who's yeah. like living as a golf course right now, because it's it's not the Alec Collin one. And I don't know who is the current uh, holder of the green. But I, I just really enjoy that little twist at the end because i didn't see that coming but that's why i'm surprised you didn't really like this that much because i was like it hits a lot of those like hellblazer notes and then it it dips into like that dc universe but like sandman and swamp thing stuff i liked the beginning the middle part i didn't necessarily love the dreaming stuff i like that it touched on their first interaction and i was like i I guess I don't know where this book is going to go. Is he trying to find a way to save himself or is he now on a mission for the dreaming? Like, cause he got that mission from the dreaming, but he chose to keep going to go see swamp thing. I, because it can be both. Yeah. I was going to say like, it, it, it can clearly be both, but he's going to do what he can to fulfill his, uh, you know, promise to dream, but is also ultimately going to benefit himself 
in the most ways possible. Yeah. I'm really surprised you didn't. It was slow. Like I'm saying with, I agree with John where it was slow in parts where it's like, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to run into this cop that pulled over his son because his son is black and he's driving a big red bus. And he's like, I pulled him over because I've never seen that before. Like you're just going to point his gun, you know, point a gun at him the whole time. Yep. Like, yeah, okay. So it's too woke for Paul is what what I No, it just like it's it seemed like there's a you can still tell that story in another story. Like I, make if you're gonna do that, like make that the story. Don't don't have it as a three page like side quest that amounts to nothing. Yeah, I think I probably would have enjoyed maybe I would have enjoyed this if it was just John, if it was just Constantine without these two other characters who feel like either he's they're there for him just to screw over or for mm-hmm. them just to leave. Because he's even saying, like, I got to shake like, this girl before she decides she's going to kill me. I feel like Nat isn't as integral to the plot and could probably just be something that comes back later or in another like arc or mini series where again like i'm with you like i don't know where these characters came from or how long they've been and they do have around. like a thing on the first page that kind of i didn't read a, that i didn't either <laughs> i actually didn't even notice it i know what you're talking about it's all black and white i did not read it um i i feel like john constantine having a son is kind of an interesting little twist but ultimately, I think it's just going to become a thing of like, well, how is he going to sell out his son mm-hmm. to to save or protect himself from something else? And thus create like another like antagonist for like something down the road. But he already like he already has had that with his niece. That's the character, though. Like he, he's always got to be like so self-serving. And that's mm-hmm. what people like about him it's like he he's an asshole like he has to be because if he's not he he's not john constantine anymore yeah i do agree no who isn't what they used to be anymore me uh i'm I'm gonna jump in real quick because i'm drinking the wild range brewing company guys it says wild range brewing company on it you can you guess who uh brewed and bottled this though i'm gonna guess rockwell it was uh, <laughs> but this is their IPA and this is a decent IPA like it if you went to like some like small like brew pub and they're like oh we have our, our house IPA and you got this you'd be like yeah but it's an IPA it's not bad west coast east coast new england a little, more, a little bit more east coast i would say midwest IPA mm. It's not super juicy. It has a little bit of a hot bite to it, but it's not like super piney. Like it's. So it's an American IPA. It's an American IPA. It's not like super juicy. Like it's. It's good. Again, in line with everything else. I'm drinking from a dogfish head. And this is Ona Ora, On Ora Pilsner. This is also an Italian style Pilsner. Uh, and that's continuously hopped. That's what I'm reading here. Five percent alcohol. I'm guessing for value. sixty minutes because Unora is Spanish. For an hour. And Spanish is very hour. similar. Yeah, for a full sixty minutes. Yep. There you go. 
So this one is lighter, not as malty as the Jack Abbey's. This is what I feel is more like a Pilsner for me because I'm getting a more crispness to it um, on the back end. Almost a metallic-y taste on the uh, back end as well. Um, not quite metallic, but, you know, that drying Pilsner effect. You know, mm-hmm. when you take a sip of Pilsner and it lingers on your tongue a little long, and then your tongue feels a little dry and you want to go back in for the next sip. That's what I'm getting from this. This is, uh, if I was to say which one is the is a Pilsner, I would say this one, Unora. Pilsner from Dogfish Head is a Pilsner. The other one is like a lager because it was so malty. But yeah, I enjoy this. It's good. I I, I still have one more of the Jack Abbey's Bella Lagas left. Bella Lagos left. I do not have any more Unaora. Unaora Pilsner. Can slide. we get a dramatic reading of these beers' names in Italian? Okay. Uh, Mario Italian or like, it's a me, it's a Mario, like that. Godfather Italian. Oh, okay. Do one Godfather Italian and then do one like, uh, Roberto Benini, Life is Beautiful Italian. Okay. I made it it a Pilsner you couldn't (laughs) resist. Don't do the work for him. Bella Laga. I Bella. thought you were going to go Bella Lugosi. Now let's see your Godfather one. <laughs> uh, un Ora Pilsner. Okay. Uh, that, 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 that one was pretty good. Not bad. That, that was pretty good. Because I used my hands. <laughs> and you you were exuberant. Exuberant. Just like. And also, like you were holding a exuberant. bottle of olive oil while you did it too so you know but like well because i needed something to be like my oscar for his acceptance speech that you were talking I, about. I did like that movie as depressing and sad as it was but but oh, go ahead go ahead paul sorry uh, so you know who's who's not like he used to be uh that's bizarro because jason aaron writing action comics number 1061 uh tim's the artist i don't know who the what's his first name? I was trying to find it, couldn't find it. Um, are we pausing? No, we can. Oh, John's just gone away. Oh, John's sorry, like... John's got to make the big dice roll. Uh, he, he it's coming all coming down to this for his Yahtzee tournament. But yeah, Jason Aaron uh is reintroducing Bizarro, and he is taking over like and just it basically the main premise i think jason aaron has no bizarro is going to be the exact opposite of superman so he's going to be become really good at magic and instead of there being one bizarro because there's only one superman everybody's going to be bizarro and i this seems like it but our superman spoilers again always in play our superman is now going to be bizarro number one yeah because he's the one outcast he's the one opposite of everybody else so he where the whole world or at least the city of metropolis is all because at the very end of the book you see becomes all bizarre rose um he's going to be the one outcast uh i found this book 
a little hard to get through because of all but the bizarre, bizarre talk. Book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ha ha ha, this is so funny. Like, because he's sad, he has to laugh because he can't, because Bizarro can't cry. I thought it looked great. Yeah, I, I think I, this book looks, it looks like a Superman book in the <laughs> best possible way. Um, I was a little bit thrown off by the the world of sorcerers at the beginning, and then I remembered I'm reading a Jason Aaron book, so this this is basically par for the course at that point. Like, sure, like why not? But I really did like the the Superman trying to talk down Bizarro. Was like, no, like you, you're better than this. I know you. Like, come on, man. We can get through this, but at the same time, just having his face rocked by him as he like backhands him to Pluto or whatever planet he lands on. Yeah, yeah, Venus at first, Venus. and then as they're fighting, they go moons of Jupiter, rings of Saturn, all the way to Pluto, where he gets you know frozen in ice and everything. And I, I think it's a really cool set up really cool take on bizarro and i am interested to see where this goes not enough to buy the book but paul if like you continued reading on it it's one of those things where i'd be like oh paul did, did you buy 1062 because i would want to hear you say like oh yeah like here's, here's what happens like everyone's a uh a bizarro now like and here, here's how things work out I just feel like we just read a book where they all were parasite. Everybody was a parasite for, you know, for the briefest of moments. So I'm like, ah, now everybody's a bizarro. I felt like, ah, a little, a little rough. But Bibbo. He's there betting on Superman, which I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like this. I like the story. I like that because Bizarro is the opposite of Superman, that he's actually like, good at magic it works he does the, with he does with the zatanna thing where he like says a spell backwards and like then yeah. superman can understand can him like understand him uh yeah like i liked i liked all that i thought the book looked beautiful like the mm-hmm. art in the book is great um yeah i enjoyed this i would pick up issue two i i didn't read the parasite one so this was new to me with everybody turning into bizarros. Um, and I thought it was like a, it's a Jason Aaron take on a character where, okay, it's bizarro. He's the opposite. Well, he would be good at magic. He'd be good at <laughs> magic then. Um, so like, I like those things. I like the, I always enjoy when Jason Aaron does his Jason Aaroniness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, how have the bad guys known Thor? They've been one step ahead of us. And then a giant bug comes out of Thor and it's like, Oh, you were bugged. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's always kind of those fun little things in that, that he comes up with that I would not a big Superman fan, but I would be here for issue two, issue three, and then see how it goes from there. Because Jason Aaron made me like Thor, and he made you read Thor for years, Paul. And they were all good Thor books. Like, they were all good. Um, So maybe he's got the same kind of magic uh, to 
to bring to uh, Superman. Yeah, I get it. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> like if this book came out at the same time as Wolverine and the X-Men launched, Jason Aaron would probably be one of my guys because this is a very similar take. Like it's weird enough, but it's still there's like a fun to it and it's mm-hmm. a more dark fun. Like Wolverine and the X-Men was kind of like a little bit goofy. Uh but there's enough weirdness here where it's like, oh, like this this was an enjoyable read and it looks great. It reads great. I Paul, if you do not keep up on this, this is a thing like I probably won't be buying it, but I would be looking up like the like the Wikipedia entries for this arc is it's it's cool like it's engaging it's engrossing I I dig it yeah I I think it's cool um it was more it was bigger it's a bigger take on Bizarro being different than I was expecting to get like this is farther out than I I was expecting it was going I'm like oh cool a new take on Bizarro like I didn't expect Bizarro to also want his own death, though. (laughs) I think I don't I think what you're going to get is because because Superman kept saying that he keeps hearing him in his head that Bizarro is taking over Superman. He's created Bizarro world on Earth Mm -hmm. because he lost in which I did like, too, is like in all, all of the multiverse hemorrhaging and all the bullshit that keeps happening, mm-hmm. Bizarro World is destroyed. It, it's Boizarro. moved. It's, yeah, it's not there. Yeah. Well, he can't find it in a sense that he's gone on this path that has broken him, that he's going to take this magic, find these things, and he's going to create Bizarro World on Earth kind of a thing. And I like that take. I like that it's when you can't get through to a Bizarro or Bizarro's finally kind of broken and what is he going to do? He's going to go just like, like they said, like he's laid waste to the wizard planet and to this, like he's destroyed them all to get what he wanted to get here to do this. So I liked it. Like I pick up issue two in a heartbeat. If you pick it up, John, I will be asking you, hey, what happens in uh, Action Comics 1062? Because I'm, I'm surprised yeah. you both didn't like your respective books enough to be like, eh, when I'm like, no, this is a good version of this mm-hmm. book. Like, this is this is what I would like from them. But comic book buying is a uh, a young man's game. I cannot keep up with everything anymore. Uh, talking about keeping up. Chris, I cannot keep up drinking with you, bud. You, you, you Paul, keep going. You, Paul, that's a lie because you were just down here for like a week and a half and yeah. you, you can drink. I can drink. But not on the show. Not during a week. Not when I have to wake up next morning and then go to work. Unfortunately, and I heard you have tomorrow off, bud. I do. Hey. Um, but yes, my fourth and final beer, like I kind of talked about earlier, uh, I am ending with the peanut butter porter. Uh, can you guys guess who bottled and brewed this one? Oh, was it Rockwell? No, you idiots. Oh, uh, stupid. So this was, 
This was actually done by State of Brewing, which is a subsidiary of Octopi Brewing from Wanakee, Wisconsin. Don't know them. Don't know their parent company, uh, Octopi Brewing. But I will say this is a great peanut butter porter. Like, this is delicious. It's not overly rich. It's not like a super, like, sweet. It has that nice peanut shell starchiness to it. A nice smokiness. This one does have uh, the ABV listed on it, 5.5%. I I love this. Like, it's this is a four pack though. This was the 7.99 for the four. I think this is a fantastic buy though. Like, if you're in Aldi because you're like, hey, I gotta grab some groceries, doing it on the cheap. If you see. <laughs> The peanut butter porter from State of Brewing, subsidiary of Octopi. Grab this. Like, this is great. And again, four pack for $7.99 of a really good peanut butter porter. Taking the fact that I bought this at Aldi's out of it. Like, if I just had this from my beer store, I'd be like, wow, this is a really great version of this beer. $7.99 for the four pack. Hell yeah, because there's other peanut butter porters that I've bought that would be probably $7 for a bottle. And this is probably on that level. So, hey, I, I will be doing a uh, Aldi's Beer Volume 2 for Episode 552. Man. Well, let me know uh, what I, you're going to pick up because we can get these in this area and I can grab a couple. There's that one right behind that uh, Wegmans there on McKinley, so you might be able to find these there. I know it's a little bit out I of have, your way. I, I have don't know a couple closer to me. That I don't know. Well. I don't know where another Aldi's is. I, Everywhere I up there's a Park. large grocery store, there's an Aldi. Okay. See, there, I know there's a couple around me, but the only one that I know of is the one that Paul, you and I have gone yes. to because you know there's a lot going on in Orlando. I I don't need to know where all the Aldi's are. Um, but yeah, I, I really dig this one. And I I heartily recommend it as just a really good beer from a surprising place. And a really good comic book that I recommend. Uh, talked about it up at the front of the main topic. Uh, Cobra Commander, number one. And this is part of the Image Skybound imprint. Part of the Energon universe. Written by Joshua Williamson, art by Andrea Milana. Uh, I am not a G.I. Joe fan. We talked about this with the Duke Review uh, from last month. So I don't know the deep storied history of Cobra and where they come from with Cobra La, which is mm-hmm. weird alien Atlantis civilization underwater. John Scott, he keeps putting his nerd finger up. So please go ahead. Did you so win your this, Yahtzee game? No, this is important, Paul. Shut oh. up. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the G.I. Joe movie that was meant to come out in theaters, but ended up being a four part miniseries on TV, uh, introduced Cobra Law, uh, Cobra Law and Nemesis Enforcer, Galabius, uh, the the guards that. Cobra Commander took down. Um, so these were all characters that came from that movie. Chris, we've watched that. Remember that? Cobra! 
Oprah. Yeah. Um, so the, all of these characters come from that, which is interesting because they are printing the G.I. Joe comic book um, by uh, Hama, which the Cobra Commander in that book was like a used car salesman who became a cult leader who then became this political figure. So it's interesting that they would go Cobra Law. But again, I think the the Hama G.I. Joe is a sep is separate than the Energon G.I. Joe. Oh, very, because, yeah, very different. Because obviously when Cobra Commander has uh Megatron uh that he's been stealing the spark from or whatever, uh it's definitely um definitely a different a different mm-hmm. yeah, very different take and i have to say different origin story my, different take my limited knowledge of gi joe i liked seeing cobra commander on his like rumspringa or whatever he's doing like traveling around like the uh the man's world uh looking for basically whatever weapons or power sources they can use because they're just trying to consolidate as much power as they can. And like John said, a lot of that is coming from Megatron, who they discovered in the uh, the Antarctic. And we've now, I think, had all of our books for the Energon universe come out with Void Rivals, Transformers, Duke, Cobra Commander, that we are going to be building towards something and i can't wait for this whole crossover to start because i'm really enjoying this and this is such a weird book that if it wasn't part of this universe and this was the only thing that we picked up i would probably be like guys cobra commander don't like it but the fact that it is taking place in this weird shared universe and it ends like with that reveal that oh, Cobra has Megatron, and they're using his Cybertronian technology to boost their like scientific learning and energy. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's awesome, but it's so weird, and it does end with a tease for something else that I know from uh, GI Joe, but I can't tell you anything about. So I will once again pass it over to John. Or maybe Paul. Who's more excited about the Dreadnoughts? Well, these were the three guys that were obviously like inspired by the WWF at the time. WWE. There was the one guy with the black like eyeliner all the way down the eyes. Starts in he, he was he was the kind of the leader. There's the guy he's with dis- he's the master of disguise. Oh, let's give him credit, Paul. He's a master disguise. I got to put some respect on his name. That's why I don't recognize him. There's the one guy with, like, the chainsaw, right? And the other guy, did he have a flamethrower? Or, yes. Yeah. And those were, the like, the three. And they lived on the swamp. And no, they, no, like, no, there's, no. There's another one. There's another one? There's a fourth one? I don't remember the fourth yeah, it's one. It's got, like, the big, like, scissor things that would cut through metal. Tin snips. Tin snips. <laughs> Yeah, the Tim Snips. That's how they make the roof. But, but they lived on the bayou. Uh, yeah. They, they were all like just 
swamp rats, <laughs> but somehow like had all this technology and they were hired by they're like mercenaries because they're hired by Cobra, but they don't actually like work for Cobra from what I remember from the cartoon show. And they all it's have not, like weird. Oh, well, yeah, they're 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 paid. They're paid by Cobra independent contractors. Yeah. Uh, and also, if Cobra Commanders, like Cadillac on tank treads, isn't an actual G.I. Joe vehicle that he's paying homage to, I feel like it needs to be as some sort of, like, convention or Hasbro exclusive, exclusive. like, mailway thing. Because as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that looks like a G.I. Joe toy. So it either is or it will be. Well, it with is. it being on treads, okay. it seems like a hiss tank. Again. Not not my bag, so uh, I now defer to you guys as a little bit more entrenched in the G.I. Jonas, because me coming into this as that very lackadaisical G.I. Joe fan, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I never paid attention to this kid, because I, again, going back to Transformers and um, Thundercats, I already had a bunch of stuff that I was locked into, and my attention span could not probably handle throwing G.I. Joe into it. <laughs> I really enjoyed this, and I like Duke a lot. I'm looking forward to reading Duke number two tomorrow on my day off. Hey! Um, but I liked how weird this was, even if it didn't make sense. Because yeah. if I was like, eh, eh, like him hawing about it at the end with Megatron showing up and then like waking up during the experimentation, that would be enough to lock me in still. Uh, This book made so much sense to me because it, it, I was, I don't know what that says about the book or what that says about you, but continue. Thank you. But it was one of those things where I was like, Oh, they're doing Cobra law. Okay. Like, I was all about, I was totally for it because I've, one, I own the DVD. When they put out the DVD of the G.I. Joe movie, I had it. I made Chris watch it. Uh, but it was something like, I knew, I know so much about that stuff by heart. Like, I know that uh, the one guy who fought Duke in Duke is also in that movie mercer is actually left cobra and became a a, a gi joe and he's one of uh sergeant slaughter's renegades like it seems like he's taking a lot from like creating gi joe but also from cartoon and from like the gi joe movie i'm loving it like like i said i I had to read Duke 2. I was like, I was buying comics and I said, oh, got to get Duke 2. Well, I buy these other books. So you're reading Duke, you're reading Cobra Commander. Are you buying Transformers or is this like enticing you to maybe buy it? I'm, I think I'm okay, okay. without uh-huh. at this moment. I might do trades for that. The G.I. Joe, Duke, Cobra Commander, I'm definitely there for issues two continuing on with that. I also am going to continue on with, I picked it up. I haven't read it yet. Um, my pick from last month, um, I can't think of the book's name now. Um, 
the Bendis book. Masterpiece? Masterpiece. Okay. Yeah, it was the kid that was... Yeah, so I picked up Masterpiece, too, and it's like I'm... I'm buying four books or three books continually now, like staying on a book. I'm okay with doing that and then picking up what I need to for the show um, because I haven't really been keeping up on um, like I was reading Batman last year. I was doing this, I was doing that. Like I'm going to stay on my uh, Usagi Yojimbo and I'm going to stay on like these books. And that's a lot to month in, month out purchase. I'm I'm happy to read the ones that you guys make me read for the show, but <laughs> it's like I never I didn't have a huge connection with uh, GI Joe during the pandemic. Uh, Hasbro started, or I'm guessing Hasbro started a YouTube channel, and I put in our, our, our uh, little chat there where they started just playing GI Joe 24 uh, seven. There's a Ninja Turtles channel yeah. that's doing the same thing too. Because they're like ad revenue, it's fine. Like, well, and that—that's the thing. Like, because I didn't—I saw you sent it. I didn't uh-huh. uh, watch it, but the Ninja Turtles one, like, that popped up on my recommended mm-hmm. feed. And when I—I I was like, oh, what's this? And like, I clicked on it. It's like 703 people yeah. watching it. And I'm like, oh, there's that many people that are just like, oh, I'm watching this weird random filler episode of THV Ninja Turtles because it—it's there. Like, it's yeah. just a thing. Yeah, uh, that many 90s kids are trying to fall asleep right now. <laughs> that's what I took it as, because that's like what you guess. There's 174 people watching that G.I. Joe channel right now. And I'm like, yep, makes sense. That many people trying to yeah, fall asleep. Put it on the background. Mm-hmm. Doing your meal prep for tomorrow. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I I really did enjoy this book. And I'm glad you guys did, too, Paul. I'm a little unsure about you. Yeah, it. it okay. It was zany. I'm like, Cobra Law, okay, that must be something from somewhere. And yep, okay, I saw at the end of the book, he talked about it being in the G.I. Joe movie, which John just talked about. So uh, I think I watched the G.I. Joe movie. I don't remember it, but I definitely remember the Cobra uh, song. So I must have, it must be somewhere in the fishbowl. Um, is it is it great? It's probably a great G.I. Joe comic book. And that's what you want. So it's it's fine. I would read the ones that you guys bring to the table, but I'm not going to seek it out myself. So, Paul, what would your power ranking for this month's books be? It will be uh, Action Comics, then G- uh, Cobra Commander, and then Hellblazer. John? Uh, Cobra Commander... Action Comics, Constantine. Uh, I will go Cobra Commander, and then Constantine, Hellblazer, and then Action Comics. Again, I I don't think that there was a bad book for this month, so I'm I'm happy having read everything I did, and I do want to know more about them. Um, And John, while uh, you were talking about being like, oh, I'm buying four comic books, I got up to grab this because MegaCon happened this past weekend, uh, Yanni and I went on Thursday, which was the preview night. And guys, let me tell you, going to a comic book convention 
again, after not going to one for literally 10 years, because the last time I went to one was the Grand Rapids Comic Con, games changed so much. Uh, now the Fan Expo Conventions, pure badge, you have to actually register online, and it's got like an RFID chip in it. So you need to like tap in to go to the convention. It's not just like they look for your like pinned on like badge or lanyard anymore. Like you have to actually like scan it to say like yes, I I have entry into this. And then when we left, we had to scan out to say yes, we were leaving for the day and i'm assuming they'd probably do the same thing for like going into panels because that's probably how they can police like who can go to certain areas of the floor and i'm like this is too much like i i don't want to have to buy a ticket pick up a physical media pass register my pass scan into the convention and okay now i can walk around the floor like it's too much. Just let me go buy nerd stuff. Because one of the nerd things I bought, uh, comic book artist Chrissy Zulu was there, and I bought the Nightwing Trick or Treat variant, oh. which which she signed. Because um, guys, it's one thing to buy physical comic books again because like it just it feels good. It feels better than reading the digital copy. But let me tell you, going to a comic book convention and being like, oh. This artist is here. Let me get a print. Uh, I got a Tim Drake Robin print from Tom Grummet, who created the Robin uh, miniseries with uh, Chuck Dixon that introduced mm-hmm. Tim Drake. Uh, oh, Chrissy's her artwork's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let, let me uh, buy some stickers. Let me buy a comic. Yanni also got the Poison Ivy trick-or-treat variant. It feels cool to be like, hey, oh, you have this exclusive uh, $20, but it's cool. Let me get it. It, It's dangerous. That was a big convention, too. There was a lot of big people there. Uh, uh, Jason Aaron was there. Jason Aaron was there. Tom King was there. Mitch Gerrard. Uh, David Nakayama, who does a lot of amazing comic book covers. He's, he did, like, two for the Thundercats book. That's I'm like, ooh, I might have to get these up. Amazing creators. Like, we were only there for the preview night, which, like, scratched that itch enough. Like, walking around through Artist Alley and, like, all those booths. I was like, man, there's so much here. I'm already over dealing with the crowds and the people. Like, I don't think I could go to a convention on a Saturday again. Like, give me that preview night so I can just go give money to the creators that I want to support. Maybe buy some cool stuff. But I Bought a bunch of anime things because, guys, I'm dipping back into my weeb phase, so get ready for that. Um, but going to a convention was a lot of fun, and I would probably go again next year. Cool. Yeah. Cool. You can give me the wrap it up. I thought you were going to wrap I, it up. I, I was, but you said cool, and I was like, you going with something else? Or are you going to um, go, cool, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, like us wherever you download us. It helps other people find it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we actually do appreciate uh, that you do listen, even though you don't let us know that you listen. You don't. We also just had a spike in, like, downloads. Like, we had, like, a 1,000, like, it was, like, 1.7 thousand downloads in the last week. So whoever's finding I us think or whatever I'd we're l- on um, now. Like, eight, 
my eight month old baby, I gave her my phone and I think she hey, downloaded a bunch of them. Make sure she uh she likes and writes a comment. That's fine. <laughs> um I know we are available on a couple new platforms, so if that's where that's coming from, cool. Hey, thanks for checking us out. Uh stick hey. around. Like this is this is what we do, guys. We we talk about junk that we like. <laughs> and if you like this episode, guys, there's 550 more of them. <laughs> no, there, there's more than that because we have not episodes. We oh. have side podcasts. There's Parks and Rec. There's movie fixes. There's word books with friends. There's, there's barbecue boys. We, there, there's too much content. So much content. And it's all for free. We'll never pay Walia. And we never had an ad. Never. <laughs> Ever. <laughs>